Hi, I'm Alex Mondosian, CEO and founder of MarketingOnline.com, and you are tuning into Soul Rich Woman Show with Janisha Alora. For women who love the F word, I would say in very smart men as well, and being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence and family alone we are strong together we are unstoppable a strong and independent woman is something to behold she pays her own bills buys her own things and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence she is a soul rich woman are you ready to be rich doing what you love be on purpose and in control of your life again at for women who love the f word podcast we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F word. Welcome to the show. Hello and a very good day to you. Welcome to Soul Rich Woman TV for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence and family. Alone we are strong, together we are unstoppable. Hi, I'm Janisha Laura. Good day. How are you doing this amazing morning? Well, we are looking forward to great interview today because we have a really really special guest you're going to meet this amazing gentleman who i've met on the event at success resources where he was such a dynamic host and coach as well when he kind of like shared with me briefly about how do you deliver a virtual event you know things to look out for i was like wow i was blown away by the way his knowledge and experience. And I really wanted you to meet this amazing gentleman. Now, he is Alex Mendozian. So let me introduce you, uh, read a little bit more about his profile. Okay, so Alex Mendozian is founder and CEO of MarketingOnline.com and is best known by his little world of chief makers for teaching third world nations first world strategies and how to prosper in this marketing strategies. Okay. He's also the best selling author. Um, this guy called Harvey Mackey acknowledges him as the Warren Buffett of digital marketing because of his unique ability to make money for his students and strategic partners. Now, Alex has shared the stage with Richard Branson, Larry King, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, Dalai Lama, and two U.S. presidents. Now, what's really cool and really, really amazing that as a virtual trainer, he has done over 22,000 hours of training time and nearly 4,800 virtual interviews since 1995. Now, Alex's lifetime mission is to influence and train over 1 million other chief makers how to transition and profitably by his 77th birthday. Now, his weekly podcast, AllSellingAside.com, is also available on iTunes. It's his legacy and public service that teaches chief makers how to ethically influence others through the power of storytelling. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this and listening to this right now, you are in for a treat. Now, let's bring on Alex. Alex, thank you for being on the show today. 
Well, thank you. For, forgive me for being so informal with the hat. I'm in a hotel room in transition, but I didn't want to miss this. And I love anything dealing with the soul. <laughs> yes. And I'm really very excited for you to be here today because I've got so many questions I want to ask you. I mean, you have been online for so long. And I mean, of course, you said in one of your interviews, you said you were like one of the like Google of online, you know, like so, so long time ago, like you, you were there for a long, long time. So why don't you share with us how you even got started that many years ago? Well, I am the dinosaur of many online marketing. I probably was online before you were born, maybe. And it was 1995. It's called BG before Google. Google is God with a little G. And Google wasn't even born when I was still online. And back then it was dial-up. And dial-up means that you would call on a phone and it would be busy signal. It was called America Online back then. There was no Google or Facebook or Twitter or any of the social media uh, that we have today. In fact, those, not, those weren't even ideas and how fast we've changed in over 25 years. It's amazing. I come from the television and marketing business, uh, infomercials, which are 30-minute commercials and uh, television commercials of one minute and two minute TV commercials, and mostly in the United States, but also overseas. And I learned that it costs a lot of money to buy an infomercial, uh, usually 60 to $70,000 US when I first started in 1990. And then eventually, sometimes over $100,000 for half an hour. And so in 1995, I was somehow on a website, and I didn't have my own website back then. And I realized, wow, I've been on this website for about half an hour. It costs the website owner nothing, and I can interact with it. It was much different than it was today. Email was much different than it is today. But I realized what a great way to interact where I can have my relevancy, my credibility, and the urgency of saying yes to something instead of doing direct mail through mail posting uh, through the through the mail carrier, which we call the U.S. mail here, uh, we could do it online directly and quickly. So I took all of my television marketing skills to infomercial marketing to ultimately into the Internet marketing. And I became one of the godfathers of the digital world. Um, for some reason, my uh, database has over 65 percent women which means that's 35% men. I have over 50% more women than men. And I believe it's because of storytelling. I, I was the first to come to Asia as an American in 2002 to teach digital marketing. And I continue to keep coming back. Um, I was there during lockdown and I ended up being locked down in Australia. And ultimately when we first met, we were, uh, I was in Australia and of course yeah, you were in Asia. I was very impressed and I've been with Success Resources for over 16 years and I'm very close friends with Richard and Veronica Tan. They've done much for the world, but we went from being locked down from 1,200 days, no more for now, to virtual events and you were one of the shining stars in that approach. And all I remember is, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite funny, but I, I enjoyed it. myself. I enjoyed myself. 
you know, when I read your profile, I'm like, Godfather, you know, like that, that, that Godfather, like digital world. I'm like, wow, you know, you have been around for a long time and many of your students have gone on and been such great stars. Yeah. I shall not say who, but you can say it yourself. But um, I mean, how did you come up with such a system that has, is so good and so evergreen? I mean, that means like right at the start, you're using this framework and you consistently use it and use it and use it. And it, because as it evolves, it becomes so powerful. Yeah. How do you even know about that? Well, I was raised, uh, I'm Armenian descent, uh, born in America. I, I'm bilingual in Armenian and English, and I was born as a Christian, and I grew up in a Christian church, except um, I've been more Buddhist in my way of being over the years, and I've been a big fan of um, the Eastern traditions. And Lao Tzu said, when the true leader's job is done, all the people say, we did it ourselves. And so in in the United States, we don't study Chinese culture or Chinese uh, history, but I did. And it's such a long tradition. It's like the Egyptian empire for you know over 5,000 years. And what I noticed was that um, the teacher and the elderly are two groups of people, the teachers and the elderly. They are revered. They are uh, considered to be wise, and they are um, always observed to be important people. And in the United States, the elderly we put in old old folks' homes or senior living, right? And teachers we don't um, honor the way they do in Asia. And so, what I believe is that that the greatest teacher is the one who turns his or her students into his or her teachers. And so whether that's Ryan Dice of digitalmarketer.com or it's Brendan Bouchard or it's uh, Vishen Lakani who first approached me in 2004, he couldn't even afford to attend the seminar I was at in Singapore. And now he's making eight and nine figures with Mind Valley or Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels and the list goes on and on. My greatest accomplishment is having very smart and irritating students who are smarter than I am and end up becoming more successful and becoming my teachers. So they call it Shifu in the Chinese tradition, Asian tradition, Sensei in the Japanese tradition, Maestro in the Italian tradition. They would call it a Lama in the Tibetan tradition and Guru, Guru in the Indian tradition, Mentor in the Greek tradition. It's very, very boring. As an American, they call it a coach. In, in uh, France, they call it tutor. In England, they call it guide. Whatever you call it, it's someone who's plowed the ground before you. It's someone who has wisdom. And the goal is for you to find one. And you talk about this a lot. I've studied your work. Find a mentor because it will accelerate your path to greatness. I love that. And... I read in your profile, you talk about, you know, this is going to be your legacy, all selling aside, where you want to really teach people how to influence others through the power of storytelling. And you use this word ethically. I'm like, I thought storytelling is already ethical, right? But why do you do that? And why do you move into the power of storytelling? Well, when someone tells a story, now as a child, if you had good parents or whoever was your parental figure. It could have, for me, it was my grandmother because my parents 
were not home, they both worked, but it could have been an uncle, an aunt, or someone who's not even family. If they told you stories, it was very comforting. A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. A story has a moral to it. So I'll give you a very quick story that I tell on stage when I want someone to buy from me. And it's the story about becoming decisive and why it's important to be decisive. Uh, there is no maybe in my world. I'm very firm. I mean, don't look at me right now. I, I have my hat on. This is the Transformational Leadership Council. If you go to transformationalleadershipcouncil.com, it was developed by Jack Canfield. And uh, there are very many thought leaders and very few people are members of it. I'm a member of it and uh, I've been a member since 2006. So I'm wearing the hat because I'm having a very bad hair day today. I'm, I'm on the move. I'm, I'm moving from California to Arizona. I'm moving to Scottsdale where Robert Kiyosaki lives and Blair Singer lives and uh, T. Harv Eker used to live and many people live there. So I'm, I'm making a, a, a transition, but it was important for me to be here. And so with storytelling, it's a hero's journey that we're telling, whether it's the movie from one of the Hobbit series or Harry Potter series or Star Wars. There's a story that in, in, ensnares the attention, captures attention. So here's a quick story I tell from Aesop. He was a Greek slave 2,600 years ago, and he talks about a story called the donkey. And the donkey is hungry. And this donkey is looking at an apple and a pear on the ground. Looks at the apple, the pear, the pear, the pear, the apple, the pear, the apple, and looks at it one day, two days, three days. And then because of the donkey's indecision, he collapses and starves to death because he can't make a decision between the apple and the pear. So I tell people, don't be that ass, which is in the Bible, by the way. They don't call it a donkey. I say, be decisive. It's either yes or no. There is no maybe. And I will tell you, there's four ways to play the game of life. You can refuse to play, which if you're watching or listening right now, you're not refusing. You're at least playing. You can pretend to play. If you're multitasking, I know that that's a feminine approach to being great. No, multitasking is horrible. Monotasking works because when you multitask, you make mistakes, man, woman, whatever. Number three, you can play not to lose, which the majority on my database tell me, the women tell me they play not to lose. You cannot win a game of any kind, the game of life or the game in business, if you're playing defense 100% of the time. So refusing to play, pretending to play, playing not to lose, those are not the ways to play. Playing to win, that's the way to play. And if you play to win, and you're playing a winnable game, whatever game you're playing, okay, that's an analogy. Whatever game you're playing, there's only two outcomes you can have if you're playing to win. Number one, you win. Number two, you learn. So either you're winning or learning. I learn 80% of the time. I win 20% of the time, and that is 100% better than most people because they usually win 10%. So those are two quick stories, analogies, and that story telling is story selling when you're on stage or at a virtual event like this one. But as you tell stories, they don't doubt you. You're not making a claim. You're entertaining and you're enrolling them at the same time. You have met so many great people on this journey and you are doing 
you know, putting all your skill sets together and you move into podcasting. I'm just curious, on your podcast, as you teach and you, you, you talk about your the works that you are doing, how is storytelling or story selling, or I listen to your podcast, it's a seeding. How is seeding important in, I would say, even in your, in your podcast or in a live streaming in an event like this? Well, I wrote the Business Podcasting Bible, and that was in 2005, and that was before they called it podcast. I wrote it with a partner of mine, Paul Culligan. Uh, we're both American, and uh, 80% of that book is no longer valid because podcasting has changed. And so the automobiles we drive today now has uh, um, availability to listen to podcasts within the radio system that we have. We have the internet. The bandwidth has expanded. Well, I wasn't able to watch video online. In fact, I was the first to bring video online before YouTube called Instant Video Generator. I brought audio online called Audio Generator. And the first time anyone had a, what's called an opt-in page, we were the first to do that with Marketing Makeover Generator. We made 1.2 million US dollars in 28 minutes selling that. Now that was the first generation to many of the great uh, platforms and uh, cloud-based software that's available today. but why the podcast is so powerful, just like this one. Um, and by the way, I love pink. Pink is the color of wealth. I don't know if you realize that, but when a man wears a pink tie, that requires wealth. It is not feminine or masculine. It is a wealth color. And so I'm very, very impressed with all the pink that is surrounding my my whole imagery and you and... Uh, <laughs> But be, I, I look like um, a, a slob compared to you, so you'll forgive my look, but hopefully what I'm saying is is conveying uh, some level of coherence and, and, and smartness so that you can apply and, and, and practice what I'm teaching. So a podcast is what's called a time-shifted content. Time-shift means it's pre-recorded. So time-shifting means you're taking time. It's not live, like a webinar and you're listening to it at a certain time. And when you subscribe, you're not subscribing with the podcast or you're subscribing with the platform, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever platform that you're using. There are many platforms. So the reason I developed my podcast is I wanted a legacy. I didn't want to write a bunch of books. I wanted to use the spoken word, you see, because with your eyes, if you just shut your eyes, you can't read or watch video. You can listen to it though. You have to take your hands and shut your ears in order not to listen. And that takes more effort. When you're listening, you can do what's called not multitasking, but background tasking. You can listen to this podcast when you're cleaning your kitchen, while you're vacuuming your apartment or home, while you're walking your dog, while you're working out. You can't do that when you're watching video. You can listen to the podcast when you're driving your car and you're in traffic. I can listen to a, a podcast when my daughter, Brianna, is at ballet practice or when my son is at a sporting event. He's a rower. So I'm listening to podcasts then with my earphones. Podcasting is what's called time-shifted content. And you have thousands of episodes. It is your legacy. It's topic-based I chose not to do interview style like you do. I chose to do content base and I do it once a week. And I've taken all of my knowledge, about 25 years of sales and marketing knowledge, put into 25 minutes week after week, allsellingaside.com or allsellingaside on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. 
and it's seeding through storytelling and that's the new selling that's what i say a man or a woman who hates to sell can still sell if they don't like the feeling of trying to sell someone because nothing happens until you sell something in business you're a very good salesperson as you know I mean, you told me in the first three seconds when you started moving your lips and talking about the podcast. And when I saw you on our Success Resources virtual event, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, <laughs> right? So the selling is not necessary. You don't have to be us. But storytelling is very, very important because storytelling captivates the listener and the viewer. And listening is a very powerful way to learn. Forget about visual, auditory, and kinesthetic as our uh, neuro-linguistic pro programming partners tell us, NLP. L the audio piece, you can do it while you're doing something else. That's called background tasking. Not, not multitasking, but background tasking. So when I'm in traffic on the freeway or on the road and I'm driving my car, I can listen to an audio book. And I, and I listen to two audio books a month while I'm running, while I'm working out. And I listen to podcasts as well. So the beauty of a podcast, you can put your entire legacy into bite-sized 20 to 30 to some people one hour, some people three hour chunks of content. And it is dynamic. It's always going to be there. And you don't even have to kill a tree in order to develop a book. You can do it in a very green way and have people listen to it digitally. So I believe in it. I started it many, many years ago with the first podcasting book, and I continue doing it because it's my way of taking 25 years of knowledge into 25 minutes week after week. Now, seeding means sprinkling seeds so that they can take root. So the roots turn into the trunk, the, the branches, the leaves, and the fruit. Everyone wants the fruit. Everyone wants the result. But when you hear root cause of something, what is the root cause? That's, that's not true. In the Far Eastern tradition, it's not root cause. It's seed cause. What's the seed that sacrificed itself to flop into the root that turned into the trunk, then the branches, the leaves, and the fruit? And what's inside the fruit? Look at an apple. Look at a pear. Look at a cherry. Look at anything, any type of fruit. There's more seeds in that fruit. And so I believe in seed cause and seeding through storytelling is the new selling. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you mean podcasts can help me to build my business or can get ROI? I've listened to it, to your podcast, and you talk about how you structure your podcast in a way that your clients keep coming to you and you get high ticket items, people paying $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 for your services. And I'm just in awe of that. So what structure of a podcast will you make it to be a successful one that can help someone in business to see in their potential customer's mind to generate ROI? That's such a great question. First of all, when you talk about seeding, when I'm looking at the panel right now i'm looking at pandora google podcast apple podcast spotify listen online that's seeding when i look at a url that's seeding for women who love the f word that's seeding when i see you holding up the soul rich women 
That's seeding. Today's topic, master storytelling online, that's seeding. So I have to tell you that I'm in awe. Now, I'm not in shock because I've already seen your work, but I'm in awe of the way that you are a master seeder. And I don't know if they call it mistress or master, if it's you know, <laughs> gender-based, I have no idea, but I don't know what's socially acceptable these days, but you're very good. You're a shifu at seeding. And so what's important with the podcast is not just to make it about content. So if you take a bookshelf with a bunch of books and you see two bookends, so one bookend keeps the books upright and then the other bookend keeps the books upright. Well, the bookends are the bumpers or the beginning and the end of the podcast. So at the beginning of the podcast, I'd like to start the podcast the same way. Welcome to All Selling Aside, right? And then I go into what its purpose is and I talk about its sponsor. And my high-end clients are not five, 10, uh, $15,000, they are $30,000, right? And so just with the, the minute and a half on the front before the podcast, after they've listened to the podcast five times, 10 times, 25 times, they're building rapport with me. I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm raising my children who are both nearly in college. One is in college. One is in, still in high school at the time of this recording. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing with my team. I'm, I'm developing virtual events with success resources and other event marketing companies like that, but they're listening to it. I've recorded it. They've gotten a piece of my heart. After I give the content, I tell them what they're about to learn. I usually have three things and my format is what, why, and how. So what is this episode about? Why is it important? And how is it done? And then at the end, I tell them what, what you just learned is what it's about why it's important, and how you can utilize it. So what, why, how is about the head, the heart, and the hands. What, why, how, head, heart, and hands. That's what I say at a seminar. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that's much more feminine. Head, heart, and hands, okay, instead of this. I love that. So <laughs> I'm going to borrow that from you. And then at the very end, I also give them the commercial. So the commercial is who the podcast is sponsored by. Now, the goal is when you're talking about, you know, who sponsors the podcast, it doesn't mean that you're getting paid for the sponsor, although you can be. It All it means is this is your partner. And in my case, I like to partner with myself because I always pay myself better than partners pay me because many times partners don't pay me, unfortunately. So it's always sponsored by marketingonline.com. Right. And so as a result, I will get thirty thousand dollar clients through the podcast. I don't get many, but if you get one per month, uh, thirty thousand times twelve uh, is, I think, a lot of money. Three hundred sixty thousand U.S. dollars. And then they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on. And so it's called Clear Path Consulting. The podcast doesn't even talk about that. The podcast talks about a different title and a different topic that I have learned over the past 30 years. And really, it's since uh, 1995. Um, these are topics that have been very, very important to me. And just like you, I don't have as many episodes as you do, but I do it so that my children can learn by listening when their father is gone. 
my death is 100% guaranteed. Now, I don't believe, I don't know if you believe in an afterlife or not. I mean, I know what my beliefs are, but however you believe, we're still going to die. Now, being born, we have one in half a billion of a chance of being born because when your father released you, your mother received you, you were you had over a half a billion competitors that were competing against you and you got in, you, you won. Maybe you're a twin, then two people got in. Maybe you're a triplet, three people got in. But death is 100% guaranteed. So I prepare for death like the Tibetans do. So upon my death, my children will have my voice, which to me is a lot more intimate and a lot more um, heart-centered than reading a book I've ever written because it's almost like a bedtime story. So that's why I do my podcast. But other people have different reasons to do podcasts, like to grow their business, get more exposure, visibility, and marketing reach. I do it for my legacy, and it ends up making me money anyway. I like it into the way you shared about the what, why, and how. And would you be so kind to share like a sample script on the show? How would you actually do it? so that someone who is listening in right now can immediately take action on their next podcast show. Sure. So um, one of the ways that you know I do it is if, if I say, all right, I'm going to teach you the method of how to, to uh, attract high-end clients, right? And so I'm going to say, I'm going to teach you what the ROI method is, return on investment, versus the COI method, which is cost of inaction. I will teach you why ROI is something you cannot guarantee, return on investment, yet everyone does, and why COI is something you can guarantee absolutely, cost of inaction. And I will teach you how to enroll high-end clients, 5,000, 10,000, um, 30,000, 100,000. One of my students from Pakistan did $420,000 with Pakistani business owners. They're supposed to be third world country, but he he does quite well. And so that's the what, why, and how. What is about the head? Why is about the heart? I'll do it your style. And how is about the hands? Now, that's a teaching method. So if that becomes your outline in everything you teach with your children, with your spouse, with your ex-spouse if you're divorced, with your ex-spouses if you're divorced more than once, with your mother or father if they're living, with your boss if you are working for someone, if you always show the what, why, and the how of a certain topic, then really you're giving them your intention, your purpose, and your strategy. Intention is what do you want? Purpose is why do you want it? Strategy is how are you going to get it? That's a manifestation process. And so every single episode, everything I teach, everything I'm saying right now is what, why, how, and related. So going back to the original topic, I talked about ROI and COI. COI may be new term for people. ROI is about point B. I want to make half a million US dollars in the next 12 months. That's return on investment. So Alex, if I pay you $30,000, will I get $500,000? I say, okay. Well, I know you want the 500000 That's the ROI you want. ROI is return on investment. I want to talk to you about COI, cost of inaction. Let's ignore the ROI for now. Nobody can guarantee ROI. If they could, you wouldn't be talking to someone right now, okay? So uh, if with, RO, with ROI, 
everyone promises it, but no one can guarantee it because you have to do the work in order to get the ROI. And if you don't do the work, I can't guarantee it. So I'm not going to guarantee it. The only guarantee I can give you is you will never see the $30,000 again that you pay me. That's my guarantee. Would you like me to continue? And they say, uh, yes. Okay. Continue. If they don't laugh, I know they're not going to be a client. So I, say, I want to talk to you about COI. Now, when you take Uber or any kind of uh, uh, system where you put in GPS, you put in point B. This is where I want to go. That's ROI, but we don't have a GPS system. We don't have the satellite saying, okay, this is where we are. We always misinterpret where we are right now. We think we have more skills and ability and better attitude than we think we do. That's called COI or cost of inaction. So if you want to make half a million dollars a year, okay, Let's bring that down to, let's say, $120,000 a year. Let's go from half a million to $120,000. Okay, time out. That's the first thing I do. I bring it down more to a realistic ROI. So I can teach you how to make $120,000 if you do what I tell you exactly what to do. So that's $10,000 a month, I say. Then I say, okay, so let me show you what COI is. This is the what. I say, you want to make $10,000 a month. I know you want to make more, but you want to make $10,000 a month which is 120,000 a year, 12 times 10. What do you make right now? And they'll typically not tell me the truth. They say, I make 5,000 a month. They always say 5,000. I don't know why, but they're, they're lying to me, you know, um, because I know, I know their situation. So I, I say, great. So you want to make five, you want to make 10,000. You're making five right now. So what is it costing you not by making the change you need to make in order to be where you want to be per month? You want to make 10 per month. You're making five. What's it costing you per month in opportunity, in money, in revenue for your children, for your spouse, for, for your life? What's it costing you? They say 5,000. I said, that's right. Now, if they're a man, they haven't heard that's right in maybe 50 years, right? So they're, they're going, yay. <laughs> if, if they're a woman, they've heard it every single day, probably from their spouse or, you know, another woman. So, you know, I'm not saying men have it harder, but I'm, they don't hear it. You're right. You know, very often. So I say, okay, so it's $5,000 a month. And over the course of a year, it's $60,000. Is that correct? They go, yes. I go, that's your cost of inaction. They say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Alex. I, I'm not saying I want to do business with you yet. I said, I didn't say you want to do business with me, but I'm not losing 60,000 a year. No, I didn't say that either. I'm saying it's the cost of inaction. If you're not making the change you need to make for the money you said you need to make, you said half a million, I'm saying 120,000, which is almost 20% of what you wanted. Is that clear? They go, it's clear. Good. Boom. I got them. Then I say, why? Why do you think you're not making the change that you need to make in order to be where you want to be? And they say, I don't know. Well, why? Are you afraid of failure? Yeah. Okay, let's go into it. And we talk about that. I said, you know what's worse than the fear of failure? Fear of success. If you succeed, you think your family is still going to love you? No, they'll be afraid I'll be leaving them. Well, why don't you get rid of that? Because right now, it's not what you need to do that matters. It's who you need to be, point B, who you need to become. I want an identity shift from caterpillar to butterfly. I want to change. Because if you change, if you say, I'm a pianist, then you'll play the piano every day. If you say, I'm a financial advisor, you'll learn finance every single day. But if you say, I want to study financial advice, I want to study piano, you won't do it. 
But if you change your identity, that's the why that makes it possible. I saw in your video how important why is to you, my dear. And I really respect that. The bigger the why, the easier the how. Let's get to how. So I tell them, if you want to work with me, I will take you step by step with three hours of what's called the deep dive, where we look at what your challenges are. And all we're doing is diagnosing your point A, not your point B. I don't care about where you want to be. I want to know what's wrong with point A. What are your hidden traumas? What's getting in the way? What things have happened in your childhood that's getting in your way? I'm not a psychoanalyst, but I know that there's certain things where you're playing smaller than you need to play. I want you to play bigger, better, and I want you to play on your own terms. Now, 65% of my clients are women. And so they respond quite well to this. I'm, I'm not a woman. I'll never give birth. I saw two births. I cut the umbilical cord for both of my kids. Uh, I saw the placenta. I held it in my hand. Yuck. You know, the men are going, ah. But when you're born, you are bloody. You are ugly. You are frightened. You're connected to your mother at the time. Everything at the very beginning is not very neat and beautiful. It's messy. That's the miracle of birth. That's the miracle of your business. So in the beginning, it's messy. Okay, so let's get down to it. And women, if you're listening and you can, you've had birth before with children, or if you thought about it, or if you've seen it, okay, you're capable of it, then know that in the beginning, it's very messy, ugly, and it's not beautiful, except it's a miracle. So that's how a business is, like a newborn baby. My, my son came out with a cone head, a long head. He came out of the canal, all right? And I looked at him. I said, oh, my gosh, is that a Martian? What is that? And the, my, the doctor said, don't worry. It'll come back to its own shape. And thank God it did. He's a great boy and very handsome. But when we're born, we don't look very good. Okay, why? Because look where we've been for 40 weeks. So that's the same when you birth a business. So I tell them the how is what we're going to focus on for the next six months. It'll cost you $30,000, but it's better than paying me $300,000 as your chief marketing officer. Are you ready to do it? Let's do this. And that's my what, why, and how. How do you even know it was possible to do high ticket selling over a podcast I just tried it one time and then someone took advantage of it. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to teach it. I look like a genius. It was an accident. It was a happy accident. I don't know anyone else who does it. After I did it the first time, people started to copy me and they realized, wow, we can do it. Just like with virtual events, I don't cut my prices. Just because something is physical versus mm. virtual, I keep my virtual event price the same because I give them the same experience with breakout rooms and other things like that. So um, I didn't know. I just planted seeds and some took root. Uh, we have redwood trees here in California where I'm leaving. And there's 8 million seeds drop from a single redwood tree every single year. And only three to eight take root for another red, redwood tree. Can you imagine the odds of that? So that is not is those odds aren't the ones I play with. I, I just tried it on a podcast and I, th I thought, wow, I'm just recording it. Let's see what happens. And then when I got my first one, I said, I'm going to put more uh, emphasis and I'm going to put more energy behind this. And then so usually it's one per month. So, you know, it's $360,000, a lot of money. Well, for many of my friends, it's not. But for anyone in the world where the average 
wage is $2 a day for the majority of the world. I think it's a lot of money. So it's worth trying. And when you get on this journey of trying and testing on your on your journey to leave this legacy, what were some of the measurements that you you took note of to consistently improve your show, the way you structure, and the way you gift your gift uh, your gifts and talents? Well, I'm going to give you feedback that I I hope every man and woman, mostly women, will take to heart, and that is high intention, low attachment. It's attachment that ruins a relationship. It's attachment that lowers your self-esteem. It's attachment that gets you broke and you're attempting a marketing uh, campaign that keeps failing, but you're so attached to it. Think about birth. Let's go back to birth. What happens? You have to detach the umbilical cord. Other words, otherwise the, the mother and the infant dies. So detach, high intention, low attachment. What that means is you have a high intention. This is what I'd like to do. And then you detach from it and the results are none of your business. If the strategy doesn't work, you change the strategy. You have a thought, you have a feeling, you take an action, and then you have a result. If the result doesn't work out, you change the action. You don't change the thought or the feeling. You, you don't change your intention or your purpose. You change the strategy. If you're a massage therapist, you want to make one million U.S. dollars a year, which is a lot of money. Well, you can't do massage. You have the intention of making a million dollars a year. You have the purpose of why you want to make a million dollars a year because you have a special method that you want other massage therapists to learn. But you can't do massage because if you were to do massage yourself, you could maybe make a hundred thousand dollars a year, U.S. dollars but not a million, you'd have to do over 14,000 massages a year, over 70 a day. You have to not be a massage therapist. You have to be in the massage business. You hire massage therapists. You certify them and charge them money. From the money you make from them, you buy little minivans that have massage beds inside. And then they have two massage beds. They go into little neighborhoods. It's called mobile massage. And now with over 24 vans and 24 massage therapists, you make the million dollars because now the strategy is you're in sales and marketing and you're no longer in the business of using your hands for massage. So change the strategy, keep the intention and the purpose the same. The head and the heart stay the same, the hands change. What has the difference been for you doing podcasting and you know events or virtual events? Well, a virtual event is where someone shows up live. So the chances of doing that with a very busy schedule. Now, during lockdown with COVID-19, it's a lot easier to get someone on a virtual event. But I've been doing it since 1995. Three different dates changed my life. Uh, 2001, September 11th, when the two buildings came down tragically, there was no more flights happening. All the leaders that many people know in, in the speaking um arena came to me and we started doing teleseminars and my business boomed and people showed up. And then during 2008 in the United States, 2009 in Europe and abroad, there was the, the global financial meltdown. Again, people stopped spending money and going to events and people came to me. And then COVID-19 with this coronavirus, uh, I believe nonsense what's happening. I believe in the virus, it exists. 
I don't believe in how lethal it is, but that's a political conversation. In 2020, my business has boomed because once again, people aren't traveling. They're wearing masks. You know, I mean, everywhere I go, I got I have to wear a mask. They don't know if I'm smiling. <laughs> they don't know if I'm frowning. They can't even see my eyes. It's it's ridiculous. It's social distancing is a tragedy. You know, keep keeping people separate, not being able to hug, doing elbow fives versus even a high five is terrible. But it is what it is. So we're on lockdown. Nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. So in doing a podcast, it's much easier to learn from someone because it's time shifted. A physical event like a webinar, you have to show up on time. And sometimes they don't have a uh, they don't have a, a replay. But with a podcast, everything is a replay. It's released at a certain date. If you do it properly, mine is every Monday, all selling aside on iTunes or on um, uh, Stitcher or Google Play. And everyone knows like clockwork, you know, just like a metronome, like playing the piano, tick tock, tick tock. Galileo Galilei invented the metronome. Just like that, you know it's going to come and you are there as a friend as a trusted advisor where you're listening or watching someone teach you something because you've chosen a specific topic that's meaningful to you. So I love podcasting for that reason. Are there a lot of podcasts? Yes. But because you have a specific niche like you do, you have a brand like you do, you show up and make me look very, very bad and ugly the way you do, <laughs> then it's, it's a great, great experience where people can follow you and have a relationship with you at least once a week. I like that. In fact, when you talk about, uh, you know, you choose the part where you share content, 30 minutes, an hour versus interview styles. Is there a reason why you pick to do a solo method versus an interview method? Um, the reason I did is because I'm a veteran and I am in the business many, many years. And with an interview, and I hope that this interview is very acceptable to you. But many times the interviewee has their own agenda and they go a lot longer than you expected them to go or they go in a different direction than you wanted them to go. And so I didn't want to deal with that because I deal with very high profile people. that They have very big egos many times. I'm sure I have a big ego too, but I like to think I'm humble at times. Uh, you can ask my mother. She doesn't think I'm humble, but you know, <laughs> everyone's mother. I know the story about your mother. And that made me weep. So I remember seeing that. So that's a story worthy of devotion. But when you interview someone, uh, you don't have as much control over it. So I wanted to do 200 episodes before I had an interview. And then I would do a second podcast every week with an interview on All Selling Aside. So I wanted to do 20 content-based ones. Uh, sorry, 200 content-based ones. And by the time I established that and got a following, then I would go to interview. And even if the interview didn't go in the direction I wanted it to go, because sometimes it goes too long or maybe not enough, or maybe it's not the content worthy of devotion, then I'm not going to disappoint someone because I have a family member. You're going to ask me possibly what my favorite F is. It's going to be family. And I'll return to that when you ask me. I like that. So, you know, when you were briefing me at the Success Resources virtual event, I remember, and then you're like, you know, I have this template and I have this method and I've got this, you know, that I've wanted to use for a very long time. And now, you know, it's the time to use it. And I just, I just felt so in awe of it. I was like, wow, 
what is this guy so excited about this this method of his? And, you know, when we went through, you briefed me, I just felt, hmm, okay. So my question will be, you know, how do you even discover like a, you know, virtual event format that is suitable or what we call successful? Well, I have spoken all over the world on six continents. The only continent I haven't spoken on is Antarctica. Because <laughs> so the penguins, you mean? <laughs> penguins can't type or uh, understand English. So um, one day I'll speak there. But what I've noticed, and I've spoken often in Asia, in Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, in South Africa, um, what I have observed is people come up to me and say, Alex, you know, why are you successful? What's the secret? And I, and I say, I don't want to tell you. And I do that on purpose. I, I do that on purpose. I, because I'm more like a woman. Uh, that's feminine approach versus male. You know, I don't just give them the answer. I don't like to fix it right away. I want to seduce them. I don't want to sell them. So I say, I don't want to tell you. Right? So they say, why not? I said, because you won't be able to handle it. And they say, come on, tell me. No, I don't. I, I don't think that you'll accept it. And you won't be able to handle it. Now I'm seducing them more and I'm I'm reeling them in, right? So very feminine approach. You know, there's yin and yang, and that's very feminine. So they say, come on, just tell me. I say, are you sure? Yes. Positive? Yes. Okay, here's the answer. Are you ready for it? Yes. No, you're not ready. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. By this time, they've been releasing dopamine in their system, and they're ready, just like getting likes on Facebook, right? <laughs> and so I say, the secret to my success is I'm more willing to look bad in the public than you are. That's my secret to success. If I want to double my success rate, I have to double my failure rate. Now, in education, if I get an F as a score, I'm finished. No university, no high school, nothing. I'm done. But that is the big paradox because in entrepreneurship, the more you fail, the more you will hail success into the future. So if you double your your failure rate, you will double your success rate. So I'm willing to look bad in public. So I take a lot of risk. I fail often, but I always fail forward. And so how do I find these templates? By failing a lot. And you don't see the failures. You don't see the roots that are rotten underneath the soil. You just see the trunk, the branches, the leaves, and the fruit, right? And they're beautiful fruit. And you go, wow. And I get very excited about it. Why am I so excited? The reason I was so excited in teaching you is because I failed 80% of the time to give the 20% that worked. And so I'm very excited to give you the fruit of my roots that didn't turn into the tree that I wanted to. So it's by failing often. That's the secret to my success. When you have a network of people, high-profile people with you and around you, what and how do you decide who do you select to work with? I look at the results they've gotten. So, you know, I look at their character. I look at the type of person they are. Are they family person or not? But many people are very good at what they do, but they may not be good in other areas. Elon Musk is a great entrepreneur. Is he a great dad? Was he a great husband? Uh, that's up for debate. It doesn't matter to me. I care about his entrepreneurship. And you can say that about a lot of people. With uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, did she have a great childhood? Not really, I don't think. Um, did she have a husband that supported her? No, he divorced her. 
And did she write a book with her child, her, her daughter sleeping on her lap in uh, coffee shops in near uh, you know London? Yeah, she did. She wrote her first Harry Potter book. She became one of the first uh, female author billionaires in the world. And she's given most of it away. I look at their accomplishments. So what I look at is the results they've gotten. And if they've gotten the results that I want, then I will want to follow them or at least hire them or follow them as one of my mentors. Now, again, the Indians call it guru. The Asians call it shifu. Japanese call it sensei, maestro. The Italians, coach, Americans. And I've said that before. Lama is my favorite. Those are the Tibetans. So whatever you call it, it's someone who's already taken the path before you. And going back to what I said earlier, in Asia, they honor the elderly. They honor them. They honor their teachers. They treat them differently. And so we don't do that in the West as much. And that's one of the sad parts of living in the West is I'm hoping to change that so it's most, more Eastern-like for that to happen. Mm. And on this journey, I mean, you talk about you fail a lot. Earlier on, you shared about that piece. Um, were there... What was that biggest aha moment? Because you know you are the like the godfather of the digital world, right? When you started where you are now versus now, in this entire piece that you have come so far, what was the greatest success or the biggest failure ever happened for you? Well, my biggest failure is I lost two hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. Most of it was not my money; it came from <laughs> my grandparents who were deceased. And uh, my mother, my father, they all contributed to a, a frozen yogurt store, which is like ice cream. And I didn't know anything about it, but I was not employable. I just came out of university. I had two degrees, one in psychology and one in economics. And within 18 months, I was looking at someone auctioning off all my equipment for 17 cents on the dollar. I was depressed and uh, I was partially suicidal. I mean, I wanted to take my life because I was so humiliated, embarrassed, and ashamed. And those are worthless emotions. But when you're in it, it's very difficult, ladies, to get out of it. And if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm saying. So I went to a park before I went back to live with my mother. And I'm in, my mother's living in a home that's in foreclosure because of me. That home was her only prized possession, her only asset. And it's going into foreclosure, meaning the government's going to take it. And in the park, I watched this elderly woman feed pigeons. And I learned more from that 10 minutes than I've learned ever since. This was 1989. And I'm on a bench and I'm watching the woman and she's she has birdseed in her hand. She's walking towards the pigeons and they're walking away. And, you know, they have their heads going like this back and forth. And the pigeons are supposed to be stupid, but they're walking away because they're afraid. And she she shows them the birdseed. That's your lead magnet. That's your bait. That's your ethical bribe. They walk away. Then she turns around and she shows the seed again. And that's the opt-in, right? And they're walking towards her now. So she turns around, they walk towards her. She turns around, they walk away from her. And so this dance that they're going through, the evolution, just like a seed or an acorn that turns into a giant oak tree, just like a seed that turns into a human being, a watermelon seed turns into a watermelon. That distance became less, less, and less. It's not hunting. You're not killing something in order to eat for the evening, you're farming. It's seed time and harvest time. And there's there's a there's a delay in between the caterpillar and the butterfly. There's the cocoon that the caterpillar has to go to. And the fastest crawling caterpillar is not 
as powerful as the slowest flying butterfly because some bird will come down and get that caterpillar, right? So in order for this transformation to happen, I'm not thinking of it at a time. I'm thinking about taking my life because I'm so depressed. I, this is my first business. My girlfriend kicked me out. Um, I'm about to move home with my mother, which I don't want to do. And now I'm 24 years of age. And all of a sudden, I see that the distance between the elderly woman and the, and the birds are getting less and less and less. She got down on one knee, and then this pigeon came and fed from her hand. Pretty soon, the rest of them came and fed from her hand. Once you get the first opt-in, other people follow. You get testimonials, endorsements. Everyone comes in. You get case studies. It starts building. So you wondered, where was all this money in the first place? Well, it's like giving birth. It's 40 weeks of pain for a woman. But then... All of a sudden, you give birth. It's like going on a rocket. The first 100 kilometers getting out of space takes up 85% of the fuel, but you can go to the moon and come back on 15% of the fuel. All the effort and discipline is in the beginning. It uses up all the fuel. That's why most people don't succeed. They're not willing to dig deep and go for it. So as a result, I noticed that this, this woman came the next day because I, I slept on that park bench. I didn't want to go home to my mom. Um, I did eventually, but I didn't. And I noticed that the pigeons remembered her. They remembered her. They came. They landed on her uh, shoulders. They pooped on her head. And that's good Good luck in the United States, you know, pooping from pigeons. And so all of a sudden, she is like the pigeon lady because she got that first one to feed from her hand. This little kid, it was summertime. I wish I could say it was very cold and snowing and it was miserable. No, it was very comfortable. Los Angeles, it was summertime and I was watching in the sun, but still depressed. And this little kid wants to have the same result the woman had. She wants to, he, he, the little kid, about six years old probably, wants to have the pigeons feeding from his hand. So he runs at the pigeons after his mother gave him money for the bird seed, and the pigeons fly away. He gets upset. He's not willing to go through the dance, just like in the United States, we call it dating, you know, with, with a, a woman or a man. And then because he didn't go through that evolution, seed time and harvest time, he threw the bird seed away. He moved away. He didn't even notice the pigeons came down and started eating the bird seed from, you know, the, the grass. And he never had the beak to hand, the palm of the hand relationship. And I realized it's not the result that we have to model. We have to model the evolution with a mentor. What is the evolution? Like Steve Jobs, when he was sleep, um, when he was getting so many cold calls and was getting so many rejections for his ideas, not far from where I'm sitting right now, or Bill Gates, north of where I am, he used to sleep under his desk, even though he came from a very wealthy family, or J.K. Rowling, or Oprah Winfrey, or Amelia Earhart, when she couldn't fly a plane, because she was a woman at a time when women weren't allowed to fly planes. All of these people, they had to go through the pain and effort that any mother goes through for childbirth. And I keep coming back to that because it's a story that everyone understands. There's a baby born every few seconds. So I learned from watching that woman feed pigeons, if you sell too hard, they will fly away. If you don't sell hard enough, they'll walk towards you, but you won't get the beak to hand relationship where they're feeding from the palm of your hand. You have to dance. And women are more equipped to do this than men. Men are hunters. Women are gatherers. A dear friend of mine is John Gray, who's also part of the um, Success Resources Virtual. And he says, men are from Mars. Women are for Venus. Women are natural gatherers. I have a bias. And, you know, um, I, I have men upset with me because I don't hire them. I prefer women in the sales position. 
because I can teach them how to sell better. They listen. They're community builders and they believe in the F word. And there are many, <laughs> there are many Fs just like you do. So they have a story. They're not willing to tell it. And here's the one thing I learned. If you win the heart, the head will follow. Win the heart and the head will follow. If you win the ears, the eyes will follow. Win the ears, the eyes will follow. If you win their time, the money will follow. Win their time, capture their attention and sustain it so they're listening to you their money will follow. Don't go after the money right away. Go after their time. Don't go after their eyes. Go after their ears, like in a podcast. Don't go after their head and tell them how this is going to change their life. Go after their heart and say how it changes their identity. Everything changes. That's what I've learned. Wow. You know, as you're saying this, my head just stand on its end. It's like the moment you say win their time, you win their money and you, you win their years, you win everything else. And so many, so many things that you talk about is really, really awesome. And I'm just curious, what are you working on right now? Right now, um, I am working on a way to create movements with my partner, Mark Bonus, who was also, he's an Australian, but originally from the United Kingdom. He was also in the Success Resources Virtual. He did quite well. He got over 200 people to join his movement. I believe that when you look at the three M's in business, which is the market, that's who you're selling to, the message, that's what you're, you're selling, and the media, that's how you're selling, you know, online, offline, newspapers, radio, email, etc. Okay. Well, I believe the market needs to be replaced with something more fluid, more active. Market is a noun. I like a verb, movement. A movement is a market. There are a group of people who are moving. Movement is life. Nothing happens until something moves, said Albert Einstein, which I'm sure most of your listeners and viewers know. And so movement means that you have a challenge for a group of people and they're all in one group. Women love this because they're community builders. Men are too, but not as good, in my opinion. Is that sexist? Maybe, but I don't care because it's true. This is my experience. I prefer women. I'm not trying to win the hearts of the women watching or listening right now. That just is a fact. And so if I have a man or a woman, I don't give the woman more credit but I listen to her more because I know chances are with her upbringing, with her hidden traumas, with whatever issues that she has, I prefer that than the guy because um, he's going to cause me more of a headache in, in the history of in hiring salespeople and creating movements between the two. Now, um, I've had plenty of from both genders. I'm not saying men are better than women. I'm just saying as far as community building, I found that it comes more natural to women. Look at you. Look at what you've done. Look at what you've created. Okay. It wasn't easy for you. You, I know your story. I don't know you well, but I know your story enough to where I know how proud your mother is of you. I know all the obstacles that you've overcome just in what you've told me and what I've researched. Without those obstacles, without crawling through the tunnel of sewage, then you're not going to have meaning in your life. If you have two roads that you're going to take and you have to make a decision, Take the one that has more meaning for you. That's the one. What has more meaning for you? 
And so in looking at market versus movement, pick movement first and forget about the market. Forget about who you're selling to. Create something that creates a movement for you. And just like you've done in this podcast and in your life, you've created a movement. Just look at the trailer at the very beginning of this podcast. Look at what you've created. Look at all the people. You think you weren't born with that knowledge. You weren't born with that skill. You weren't born with that attitude. You learned it. You've lived it. You've overcome all the obstacles and the roadblocks, and you probably still face it. People think, hey, the roadblocks and obstacles diminish when you become wealthier. No, they become bigger <laughs> and they become much more difficult. And it's worse than not to have, if you don't have anything, okay, that's bad. But if you have a lot and you lose it, that's worse because you lose your friends, you lose all your relationships. And yes, you're not supposed to lose them, but you lose them. I've done it twice. And I like to make money. It's more fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) So look, money doesn't buy happiness, okay? But it makes misery a lot easier to put up with. So I love- High five on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree with that statement because when you talk about community building a, a movement and you talk about profits and making money, People just think that you are arrogant and they associate wealth with negativity. It's like probably they have some judgments in their earlier childhood. But what I see is exactly what you see. And I'm so happy to hear what, I mean, so happy to hear what you say. It's like, yeah, focus on the message, focus on the medium and really work on yourself and getting people to to follow you and making profits is a lot way more fun and like you said well even though you're sad and you're depressed but you have money in the bank so that was that's important you can wake up in the morning and you have security you have a roof over your head yeah yeah yeah. right now you know i i have a car that's in in the shop it's a bmw it's a hundred thousand dollar car and because of covid19 the the part that it needed couldn't come from Germany fast enough. So I have a luxury apartment. I've been there seven years and I had to leave because my lease was up and I thought I was going to be moving over a week ago. So now I'm in a hotel and I've gone to four or five hotels and uh, my uh, general, uh, my, my GM, my general manager, whom, you know, Sandra Bravo, um, who's much better at community building than I am. She finally found me a hotel where I can actually get into because my business is not an essential business. I couldn't get into a hotel. So I was moving hotel, hotel. I, I'm, I'm, I think I have a lot of wealth compared to most. I could not find a bed to stay in because of this whole uh, COVID-19 business in California. And so I'm grateful that I'm in a one small bedroom hotel. I don't care what it costs. It's not that expensive. And uh, okay, I don't have my best clothes on. I may not be um, looking as good as you are, but at the same time, you have my heart and that's all I can offer you right now. You know, when you talk about the soul, you know, the soul is 17 grams, they say. And when someone dies, the body loses 17 grams of weight. I believe the vehicle, the body is not worth much. It's like a truck and you're driving this truck. Maybe it's a Tesla. I don't know, but whatever it is, the driver leaves upon your death and that's 17 grams and it finds something else. That's what I believe, okay? Other people may not believe that, but your body does lose 17 grams of weight 
when you die. Look it up on Google if you don't believe me. So the soul, although it doesn't weigh much, it is the driving factor. So what your soul is telling you to do is your intuition. And women are very much in touch with that. Men are too, but women are very much in touch. They get criticized for it. But if you follow it, I'm grateful to be in a hotel room for three days until my car is fixed so I can finally get to Scottsdale, Arizona, <laughs> where I can finally get to my new condominium. But I couldn't get there because of something that happened. Now, I was going to sleep in my car because there was nowhere else for me to go. You know, I, I couldn't get into a hotel because of what we have here. And finally, I got to one and they asked me, OK, why are you here? I don't have a place to sleep. Where do you live? Nearby, but I'm, I'm out of my apartment. Um, where are you going? Scottsdale, Arizona. Is there any other question? I feel like it's, uh, you know, uh, Soviet Union 1918 or maybe communist China or something. I don't know. So I'm answering the questions. I finally got in. When I got here, I took off this mask and I said, oh, I'm so blessed. Now, if I was broke, if I had no money in the bank, I'd be even more depressed. But even though I'm not very happy with what's happening, I'm not miserable, but I'm not happy. I'm frustrated. Having money is better. Poverty sucks. And the best thing is when you have the money, you can give it to people. You can give it away like love. You don't own it until you give it away. You don't feel it until you give it away. So I would tell you, if you have money issues, get over it. You wouldn't be watching this long or listening if that's the case. Get over the money issues and know that it's probably a self-esteem or self-image issue or not enough issue. Get over it and know that what money brings you, if you look at every society in history, when it's capitalism, it works. Equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. When everyone has the same outcome, it doesn't work. Look at history. I'm not going to get political, but it doesn't work. So as a result, what you and I are doing are allowing other people to learn how to do it. And some people make it faster than others. But those who make it faster have less personal hidden traumas and they've just cleared the path. And they, you know what? They don't put on the brake and the accelerator at the same time. They just click the accelerator and push <laughs> it and they just go like a Tesla, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You really have the making of a soul rich man. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm attempting to be anyway. So to to you, who is a soul rich woman? Um, well, a soul soul rich woman, um, my favorite woman of all time is a woman named Amelia Earhart. And she was the first woman to fly the Atlantic Ocean. She died into her passion of flying in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. And you know, many people believe that um you know, she learned from a lot of men around her, but she took a lot of chances. Uh, she uh, flew out of California where I where I live. And um, I lived in Southern California. She flew out of Burbank Airport many, many times. And um, her mentor was Anita Snook. And even though people don't know who Anita Snook is, it's the mentor that really should get the credit. That's the Shifu. That's the Lama. That's the Guru of Amelia Earhart. So when you look up Amelia Earhart's life and you notice if I'm going to die, I want to die living into my passion. And that's the way she died when her plane went into the Pacific ocean somewhere. 
So that is the power and the soul of a soul-rich woman. I and believe. in in Soul Rich Woman, we talk about the four F words, being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence, and family. Which one is your favorite F word and why? Well, I already seeded it. I did it deliberately. And <laughs> it's, which one did I say? Do you remember? Family. Family. And I'll tell you why. Because freedom, you can be connected from it, but you can be disconnected from it. And the other Fs. You can be connected and disconnected, but with family, you can only be connected. It's there for a reason. It's yours. And unfortunately, if you don't like certain family members, <laughs> you can't disconnect <laughs> from them. I mean, family members and employees, I prefer employees because we can fire employees and team members. Family, you can't. So I believe family members are there to teach us. And if you look at your lineage and your heritage and you look from where you came from, that's my why. Because I know I'm not here by accident. I'm here by divine purpose for some reason and some mission. If you find your mission, as I thought I have, and mine is to teach and train a, a million other trainers to do the same, as I'm doing right now. Will you be one of them? I don't know. If you're watching and listening, if you just train, if you're a mother, you're a trainer. If you're a teacher, you're a trainer. If um, you have, if you're a spouse and if you're a husband, you're a trainer. Okay, come on. We know that. So I have a mission that I found. Finding your mission is the key. And that's why family to me is most important because when things go wrong, I always go back to family because I can count on them having my back. And so that's the most important F for me. I love it. I absolutely love it. I can imagine that with your two um, kids as well, right? Yeah. And I think um, one very interesting, I think, I want to know is what is the one advice that you give to someone sitting on the fence about seeding? Because a lot of people hate to sell that you are them, right? And with podcasting. Okay. So podcast is a vehicle and a media and seeding is a technique. So the principle behind all of that, I believe is what I read before I go on stage, before I do my podcast, before I do a virtual event, like a webinar, I read this every single time, and it's a quote from the Greek philosopher Socrates. Now, Socrates was the mentor to Plato. Plato was the mentor to Aristotle. Aristotle was the mentor to Alexander the Great, who was a Macedonian. So that's a great lineage. They're all men, but you know, back then, that's, that's the mentorship that we had. They all came from mothers. That's the good part. And uh, Socrates has a quote that many people don't know, and it's this. The greatest way to live with honor in this world is to be the person that you pretend to be. The greatest way to live with honor in this world is to become the person you pretend to be. So whoever you are in public, be that in private. Whoever you, whoever you are on your podcast, be that with your family. Whoever you are on stage, be that with your friends. Be the person you pretend to be. Don't wear the mask. If you wear the mask, the longer the mask is worn, the, the more your face grows to fit it and you lose your character. Your personality is not important to me if I'm your friend. It's your character. I want to know what's in your heart. Do you have my back? If we're in a lifeboat and our life is in danger, would I want you in that lifeboat? I know you want me in that lifeboat. Believe me, you want me in that lifeboat. So I believe that if you treat people like family, then there will be a lot less 
of what we're seeing in the world today. And it will pass. This goes through cycles. Every 80 years, this goes through the same cycle, and I know it's going to pass. So this is not permanent. It's temporary. But the closer we become with each other and understand that we came from the same source, then family is not just nuclear family, but uh, generally family. I don't see color. Now, many people criticize me. What do you mean you don't see color? I, I don't see. I don't say, hey, uh, there, there's a Mexican. And I say, hey, there's a man. <laughs> I don't say, hey, there's an African-American. I go, hey, there's a woman. <laughs> I don't see it that way. That's just the way I make sense of the world, but it's been crazy, you know, these days. And so as things are changing, we just have to stay strong. And if we maintain family and be able to debate and not argue, then we won't be as violent with each other. And, you know, hopefully every single decade, it becomes less and less violent. If you go back thousands of years, there was a war every year. Everyone's trying to gain territory from each other, but we, we live in the most peaceful time in human history and people don't realize it, right? That's why there's so many people, right? So I would focus on looking at your mentors, looking at your movement as family members. And if you don't like them, spend less time with them, but you can never get rid of them. They'll always be there. Love that. How can my audience reach you? And is that something that you like to share with them today? Well, the easiest way uh, that you can reach me is you can go to allsellingaside.com and uh, there are ways there for you to contact me and listen to the podcast. Um, uh, if I sent you to marketingonline.com, then I'm going to sell you something. And so I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to sell you something. I, I want to build a relationship with you. I want to farm. I don't want to hunt, right? So I want to be in the more feminine side versus the masculine side. So don't go to marketingonline.com. Time out. That's seeding, by the way. Time in again. Um, go to allsellingaside.com and learn. And let's build a relationship. And then you'll be able to contact me. Well, you are really powerful in seeding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really the master of seeder. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So thank you, thank you very much, Alexa, for being on today's show. Thank you very much for the Sifu. <laughs> It's so much to learn from you and I hope that you have benefited. And for those of you tuning in today, uh, I hope that we have done everything in our power to make it well worth your time. All the links will be placed in the show notes and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honoured that we are connected and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it 5 stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding this Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone you are strong, together we are unstoppable. Now share this with every woman who needs it because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.